You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, hello everyone. How are we all doing? Hope you're doing well. My name is Jeremy, if you don't know. And as Beck said, I'm the Young Adults Pastor here. And it's, yeah, I'm real stoked to be able to share God's word with you guys tonight. Um, as you looked at that screen, there was a video about Christian savings. And our church is experienced a lot of, a lot from Christian Savings and it, being blessed by it, being able to bless people with it. And if you want to know anything about it, just go and check out the website um, for more details if you wanted to know. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I'm so stoked to be able to share God's Word tonight and so stoked for church and for a place to be able to come every single week, to be able to worship, to be able to serve each other, to be able to encourage one another. And I know for myself and my own journey, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for this place. And so it's really cool to be able to share God's Word tonight and what He's done in my life. And, you know, I'm just a, a regular old guy just trying to um, serve God what I have and to be able to learn as much as I can from His Word and from everyone around here. So I'm excited to share what um, God's spoken and has prepared um, tonight for me to share to you guys. And I hope it encourages you and, and um, yeah, something from it would speak to you. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit uh, last minute in thinking about what to, to preach tonight, so I decided to ask ChatGPT to write my sermon. Um, is that okay? Like, we're all good with that if I just read out ChatGPT and we call it a night there? All good? Yeah? No, no, I, I didn't do that, obviously. But um, <laughs> I, I thought I would steward my um, opportunity well, right? But I did use ChatGPT as a tool. How many know it's a pretty good tool out there? If you haven't used it, go check it out, ask it a whole bunch of random questions, you'll have a good time. Um, but my question for it, because who, who wants to waste time thinking about, you know, ideas and stuff like that? Just chuck it in chat. As Steve said a few weeks ago, he wrote poems to Bex with ChatGPT. So if you need some extra poems for your wife or loved one, uh, ChatGPT. <laughs> I learned that from the pulpit. <laughs> um, so what I asked ChatGPT was, what are some examples of things that you know how to do and hear constantly, but you always get wrong? So these are some of the examples it gave me. Using push-pull doors. We always get that wrong, right? It says push, clearly, but we pull it. It says pull, but we push it. Or you don't read the sign like, at all, and you just run straight into it. I've definitely done that a few times. I blame it on my Oh, yeah, I should, I should know how to use a mic, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, the other one is untangling earphones. Or cables. If you've been to church for any decent amount of times, time, um, even this week, we've just pulled down this whole screen here and reset it back up. So if you're here last Sunday night, a bunch of you guys helped out. So you would have taken cables apart, tangled them or untangled them, made more of a problem or helped the problem. Um, but you know, you know the deal. You try to get a cable, try to find the end, and you end up making more of a mess. And I know for myself, I'm pretty impatient. Maybe that's something I need a bit more grace for and I need help from God with. Um, but I definitely hate untangling cables, although I have to do it a lot. Handling USB drives. Yeah. If anyone knows what a USB drive is, um, <laughs> these days it's all USB-C, which you can go anyway with that thing. But it used the old school you know, USB drive. You try to put it in, no matter which way you try, it's not going in. The right way, the wrong way, every time. That's, not, that's another one. Um, using reply versus reply all in emails. Maybe that's not as uh, relevant in the maybe Gen Z is. I don't really like. I, I don't really like using emails. Um, I, you know, I just want to like start a group chat or something. You know, it's so much easier. Um, but 
in our staff emails constantly that we email sent to all of our staff, which is all of our campuses is probably around 100, 100 or so people. And you get someone replying, oh, I'm so excited for, for whatever's going on. And they've sent it to everybody, not just, and everyone gets the notification. So that's another one we get wrong a lot of the time. And the classic identifying left and right. Who has a problem with that? Put your right hand up. Nah. <laughs> um, we constantly get that one wrong. And in life, there's many things just like that, and you could probably state a whole bunch of examples that we hear all the time, but we constantly get wrong. And who are we to think in our Christian faith and in our life that when it's not any different? Because we constantly hear the same messages every single Sunday. We hear the same topics. And maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're new to church and want to say welcome. And maybe this stuff is going to be real new to you. And that's awesome. And I'm, I hope it really um, changes the way you think and sees God in a different way. But for those who maybe have been here every week for years on end, you may have heard the same message preached from the same scripture multiple times. And you can be like, oh, not another message on this. Or can, so, can the preacher come up with something different? But I think if we can get the normal things of life wrong, the simple things, of course, we'll, it'll be the same with our faith. And um, tonight I wanted to share something out of 1 Corinthians 13, which I think is quoted a lot in weddings or in uh, Pinterest quotes that are misquoted and doesn't have Jesus on it, but we'll just put the, um, <laughs> the text out there. Um, but you, if you want to title this message and take notes, if, you, if that's what you want to do, um, you can title the message, The Greatest of These. Um, but before we get into it, I'd just love to pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share your word um, with yeah, these people. And Lord, I pray that it would be your words and not my own. I pray that you'd speak to and through me. And I pray that um, as we listen to your words and your scriptures, I pray that something would um, come, you, you'd speak through your word, your living word. And I pray that we'd leave tonight with knowing just a little bit more of who you are and how we can love and serve you and your people better. Um, so yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Would I, um, yeah, would you be able to help me steward this well? In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I'm just going to read out the whole of 1 Corinthians 13. It's not too, too long. Um, but yeah, just listen out. If you want to look through it in your Bibles, do that. It's on the screens. Um, and yeah, just not just listen, but actually look at the words and see even in the scripture, hey God, like what would you have to say to me? Um, so it goes like this. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clangy cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these things will become useless. So when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away these childless things. Now we see things imperfectly, like a puzzling reflection in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. 
All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I think I could finish up right there. We could read that scripture and maybe take a moment to think about that and ponder it and leave right now, and that would be enough. But for the sake of filling my 20-minute time slot, I might as well share my thoughts on it. Um, but before I do get into a little bit of my thoughts, there's been a little bit of a trend recently. I don't know if you've seen it on the Instagrams or the TikToks, if you're inclined that way, um, is it's the Gen Z translations of the Bible. Wow. Now, Gen Z, I don't actually know the, the like, Anyone know the bracket of Gen Z? I don't even know. Young people. We'll go with that. I think I fit in there. I think. <laughs> um, now, this isn't a, a legitimate translation of the Bible. Don't use this as your Bible reference in your quiet times, but I thought it would just be something funny to share with us before we get into, into the Word. Um, so, I'm going to read the Gen Z translation, if we were to speak of it in this current day. And here we go. It's up on the screen. So, read along with me if you want. Like, seriously, guys and gals, let me drop some wisdom on you. If you can speak in all the languages on TikTok and Insta, and you're a meme-making master, but you don't have love, you're basically just another internet troll, troll making a noise in the digital void. And if you're, like, super woke and can predict all the trending hashtags, and e you're even woke on social justice issues, but you don't have love, you're just a virtue signaling out for clout. If you give away all your followers and even your Finsta secrets, and you're down to being canceled for the greater good, but you don't have love, you're just flexing for likes. And it's, it's all pointless. Love is patient when your crush takes forever to reply. Love is kind when you don't get the latest drop. Love doesn't envy your friend's IG lifestyle. Doesn't boast about your Snapchat streaks. And it's not all about you. Love doesn't ghost people when they need you. Doesn't get triggered easily by a difference in opinions. It doesn't keep score of who owes you what. It doesn't delight in drama and cancel culture, but it celebrates the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always loves. But as for viral trends and internet clout, they'll eventually fade. Knowledge of trends will become outdated, and even the dankest of memes will become stale. <laughs> for our digital knowledge is limited, and our internet fame is temporary. But love, real love, it's forever, dude. So embrace love. And don't, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button to stay connected with what really matters. <laughs> Quite good, isn't it? <laughs> um, if you were to ask a Gen Z person to read the Bible in their translation, that would probably be it. But I recommend reading a proper translation of the Bible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying from the pulpit, use ChatGPT or whatever to translate the Bible for you use the Bible. <laughs> but I thought that would be a little bit of fun before we get into it. But again, this scripture has so much gold in it. And I know for me, it's been really um, impactful. And um, it's one of those things you can easily just like skim over and be like, oh, yeah, cool, I got it. But as you look into it, it's actually like, oh, this is actually pretty deep and pretty hard to figure out. So today, I hope we can figure it out a little bit together and um, be able to outwork it a little bit better in our days. So my first point, if you're taking notes, is to make love the highest priority. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today because I think it's good. And I'd keep on getting it. As the more you read it, the more depth there is. The more you read it, the more it speaks to you. It's a living word. That means you can, you can read that same scripture for the rest of your life and new things can come out of it. So um, I'm just going to read that a little bit again and keep on listening to what God has to say. 
If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So Paul's telling us, Paul wrote this letter, so just a little bit of context, um, and he's telling us that above all things, to make love our highest priority. Like higher than speaking all the languages of this earth, which is pretty cool, and of angels. Like imagine if you could do that. Like that's pretty awesome. Above understanding secret plans and possessing all knowledge, again, pretty epic. Above being able to move a mountain, like I'd, I'd want to move a mountain if I could. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and above everything, and he's even saying that, you know, you could sacrifice your body. You could do everything. You could even boast about it. You could flex about it. But if you didn't love others well, nothing would matter. Because everyone can do most of these things, I guess, for the most part. You probably can't move a mountain on your own. But you can do, I guess, you can serve people, you can do all that stuff. And, but if there's no love behind it, what's it going to really matter? And Jesus teaches in the book of Matthew saying that to, for us to say, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And this part's pretty cool. It says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And in saying that, it's like everything you read in Scripture, all the law, the prophets, everything that they spoke, and Jesus is saying, you know, you have all of these laws, you have the Ten Commandments, you have all this stuff that you live by, but actually if you hold these two commandments as the greatest thing, it all lines up with that. If we can love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, and all our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means we would pretty much line up everything in place. But I think we live in a culture and a generation and, I guess, a people that really, if we look at that, it's like, oh, cool, I can love the Lord with all my heart, all my mind, all my strength, I'll do that, and to love my neighbor as myself. But if we look at our context and our generation, I'd say, is we sometimes have a pretty bad view of ourselves, and we don't really know how to truly love ourselves or what that really looks like. And how are we supposed to love others? I mean, people will say, oh, self-love, you know, I'll go take myself out on a date or something. And like, awesome, you can go do that if you want. Go have a nice meal to yourself and, you know, ponder life, which is not bad. But self-love in that way isn't going to help us love others any better. But we need to be loved first by someone or something. And we have Jesus Christ, His perfect love, to be able to show us how to truly love others. And that's what I want to share about today. And so my second point, if you want to look at it, and so what we're going to go into is biblical, biblical love is like no other. This goes to the next part. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I'm just going to read that one again and just kind of, I guess, pause a little more and let us kind of soak that in because it's, you know, again, you skim over it, but if you read it, you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty hard. So love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful, proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And I think this one for me is probably the biggest one that I think I, I was probably convicted by even as I was writing this and definitely something I, t- I check my heart myself. And um, probably the one that I would, if I were to look at that whole thing for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, it keeps no record of being wronged. 
Like, it, there's no receipt. There's nothing. It's like you forget just as Christ does. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoice whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, you could try after the service to leave and follow those instructions and do every single one of those things like a checkbox list. You can write down, your love is patient, it's kind. And you're like, okay, cool. After the service, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to be kind, I'm not going to you know, hold people's wrongs, we're going to be gracious and all these kind of things, but inevitably we'll fail because we're missing one crucial thing. And, and that's the fact that when we don't know Christ's love or we don't understand how much God loves us, it becomes really hard to love people. And if we were to go and do those things, we'd get to a point where we'd be like, I'm loving people, I'm being patient, but no one's being patient with me. I'm giving so much to everybody, but I'm getting nothing in return. And the reason we can actually do these things, uh, I guess the ability comes from this scripture in 1 John 4, 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. So when you realize how patient God is with you, it's easy to be patient with others. When you realize all God has given you, it's easy to not be jealous, boastful, or proud. When you realize how much God has forgiven you, it's easier to forgive others. When you realize how much God never gives up and always fights for you, it's easier not to give up on others. So we can only do all these things when we come to the understanding of how much God really loves us. And we can often say that in church, you know, Jesus loves you, and you're like, oh, cool, I get it, I get it. But we need to let that really sink, because if our love for one another is not coming out in that way, maybe we actually have a, a wrong idea of how much Christ loves us. Because it's a free gift. That means if I've been freely given grace, I've been freely given joy, I've been freely given peace, that means I'm going to give that to those around me. And I don't need anything in return because Christ gives it for me. And imagine if we all actually just out outworked that one truth, we would all be full, right? And so that really come, brings me to my third point, that in the end, what really matters and this has been so, a lot, something that I've been really um, thinking about a lot recently and in my quiet times and just even over the last few years as we've gone through the COVID pandemic and I know it's a big word, we're like, oh. but um, <laughs> there's things that I know for all of us probably is things that we've thought about and questioned and pondered. But um, it comes from, I'm going to start in the scripture from Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And this is kind of about a teaching about possessions and money. Um, and, you know, even I'm in this, don't store up um, treasures where moth and rust destroy them. I have two cars that have probably, I had another car as well that was also very rusty. I don't know why I keep buying rusty cars that aren't going to come with me to heaven, but I've got a bit of a problem here. Um, they just look cool, you know? Oh, that's my um, area of, yeah, anyways. Um, but in the end, it's saying, don't store up treasures here on earth, because where our treasure is there, our heart will also be. Because in the end, most of the things that we strive for and most of the things that we put importance to, in the end of the day, will it really matter? And so I found a lot of wisdom from the book of Ecclesiastes recently. If we go through the Bible recap, if you have heard about it, it's pretty cool. Um, you can join in if you want, just going through the Bible in a year. Um, and when we were going through Ecclesiastes, something really spoke to me about it. And it's this idea of hevel, which is kind of, in other words, like vapor. And it's saying that life is like a vapor. It's 
here today and gone tomorrow. And in the end of the day, I know it's a pretty like, I guess, maybe morbid thing to think about, but you can either live in ignorance of the fact that life is short and you can live the YOLO life, or you can, you can actually think of the, the incredible gift that, hey, life is short. How do I make the most of it? You can see it from different lenses. Um, and, you know, in the end of the day, money and possessions won't come with us to heaven. And no one's going to care about it at the end. But our love for the people around us and our dedication to Jesus, that will always be remembered. And I can know that for sure. And like, I guess in knowing that idea that the things that I may strive for and the things that I may, I may put importance to in my every single day isn't going to matter in the end. And it has to change the way that we think. It has to change the priority lists of the things in our lives. And I love these scriptures because it's so true. And I mean, it's a bit countercultural to the way that we live, but as we look at it, it's like, it's so freeing as we realize the truth of these. So in saying that, if, you know, these things that we may put importance won't come with us to the end of the day. I guess we've got to ask ourselves, is being impatient with our friends, families, and colleagues worth it at the end of the day? Is being jealous of not having the new iPhone 15 when you've already got the 14 um, worth it? Uh, that's, um, the ads are so good. Um, <laughs> because, you know, at the end of the day, will holding on to bitterness and unfor unforgiveness be worth it at the end of the day? Um, and if the keys want to come up, um, more than welcome to. Because where the treasure, where our treasure is, there our heart will also be. So if you treasure material things and social gains that will be here today and gone in the next, or your treasure is in relationships with God and loving people just as Christ loves us, that's something that will never fade. Even one day when we're not here anymore, those things will always be remembered. So I guess my question for us, and I guess uh, my overarching idea for us to take home, is for us to think and realize, is with what I'm doing with my life, with my work, and this isn't something for us to have an existential crisis with. You know, it's not to go drop your work and go start a missional organization or whatever, but I mean, if you're called to do that, go and do that, that'd be awesome. But it's not saying that you have to, you know, give up what you're doing to serve this greater mission. Actually, it's to take what you are doing already and to align it with the greater mission. It's to ask yourself, when I go to work and when I go to school and I go to uni, is my priority about how I can gain from this or what I can get from this? Or is my priority on how can I love these people around me in the best way? How can I serve them and how can I serve God well? Because I know none of us, maybe we may doubt it right now, but I can say for sure that none of us are going to regret that at the end of the day. Actually, if we look back on our life and maybe we didn't achieve all the things and we didn't get all the money and we didn't get all the fame and we didn't get all that stuff, but we were able to love people, we were able to love God with all that we have, that's a pretty awesome, awesome mission. And that should give each and every single one of us hope. It should give all of us a bit of a, you know, I can, I can do something with what I have. In my hands, it doesn't mean, yeah, like if you're working a regular, ordinary job that you might think has no purpose at all, it does because there's people around and those people need love. Our world is, you know, uh, post-COVID, all these kind of things, we're isolated. Even I think, you know, we live in neighborhoods that are people all around us, but how do we know our neighbors? We go to shopping centers, we go to malls, we go to um, school, all these places surrounded by, one, people who don't know Christ, but two, also surrounded by people who do. And, and their need of that love 
But if you're sitting here and you're like, ah, oh, I don't think I can do that. I'm struggling with even being able to love myself. I'm struggling with being able to love others. Every single time I try, I mess up. Trust me, I'm not here saying that. I get this right all the time. I constantly need God's grace as well. And there's a scripture I pray pretty much every single morning. And it's something I say constantly. And I, I hope that this could be something that you also declare over your life because it's really powerful. Um, it's 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, Christ's power, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. If we pray that prayer, if we declare that every day, we say, actually, I'm imperfect. I don't have the ability to love. I don't have the ability to have grace. I don't have the ability to have all the right things to say. I don't even, to be honest myself, I'm like, I'm sitting here preaching and I'm like, this is something that I would have feared doing and still do. But it's, Christ's gra- it's His grace that's on me. And I, I, I believe I only have the power to be able to do this because of His grace. And so would even my life be an opportunity to say, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. So when people ask you, how are you loving? How are you kind? How are you being so, um, how are you serving people with all that you have? I guess the thing that you say is that I, I boast in my weakness. I can't do it on my own. It's Christ's strength in me. And as we make that decision, I know I have in my own life, I've seen the power behind that. As I, I guess, die to myself in the morning and say, God, I got nothing. I'm an empty vessel and I need you. I see things change and I see things shift. But when I go and do it on my own strength, I most of the time mess up. I might be able to get a little bit and be able to run on a little bit of my own strength, but eventually I'll fall. And um, there's a script, there's a little song and um, called um, Sure Thing. And there's a scripture that says, um, oh, fl- not scripture, lyric. What's the line? Uh, li- oh, lead me to the cross because I need something higher than the world could understand. Um, and it says, don't let it take a fall to bring me to my knees again. But if it's what I need, I'll take my place. And I guess it's that if it's what I need, I'll take my place. And every single morning, it's coming before your knees and saying, God, I need you. I need you, and I, I can't do this day without you. So I guess my ask is that this week, that we would reflect on, on the love of Christ. And we would reflect on how we love others, how we love ourselves, if maybe it's actually that first. Maybe it's saying, God, I, have a, I don't have an incre- incorrect view of myself, how you've created me, and I need to learn how to love myself in your lens so that I can love others more. And maybe if you've done that, then it's to ask, how may I love the people around me better? Because in the end of the day, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the life-changing, um, I guess, scriptures that can change the way that we think and act. I thank you for your grace that is sufficient for every single person, that your power works best in all of our weakness. And we can't boast in anything alone. We can't boast in our words. We can't boast in our kind acts, Lord. We can only boast in your strength that is within us. And God, I pray that we would come to our knees and surrender. And knowing that as we do that, we find joy and, and joy forevermore, peace and purpose. And I pray that every person going into their work and school and life, they'd realize that they have a unique purpose in what they have. They have gifts. They have a way they see the world that is so unique that people around need to know. 
And God, I pray for anyone that is feeling like they, they don't know what this love looks like. They have never experienced your love. They've never experienced that perfect love that you died on the cross for us and our sins and in our mess. God, I pray that they would experience that tonight. And that would change, change the way that we act. It would change the way that we think. And it would change the way that we live. Um, so Lord, I thank you for um, all that you're doing, all that you've done in my world and my life. And I pray that, Lord, that you would continue to do the same for so many more. And I pray that we would continue to learn to love each other just as you love us every single day. Getting it wrong, probably more than, than we get it right. But every single time, wanting to do it better and doing it more for your glory. Um, so we pray for your kingdom come and it will be done. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.